0: Thank you for listening to the way up north podcast my name is cole roberts i'm one of the co-founders of way up north and in today's episode kirk mastin from mastin labs is speaking with michael antonio from many things these two guys are people who i've admired for many many years and in the way up north community they're familiar faces they've both hosted the show they've both presented at the show and uh, they're an integral part of our little world So how this conversation came to be was Michael had sent me a couple emails. And the emails were kind of his manifesto about the state of things in the small business world. Uh, Most of it was community-driven and how we can help one another through this very tumultuous time we're in. Um, So as I was reading it, I was thinking, okay, this would be cool if we could get another experienced entrepreneur, maybe one with more of a photographer hat on, to riff with Michael about this in a podcast conversation. So Kirk came to mind, we kind of bounced the idea back and forth and everyone agreed. I liked the idea on the surface because I didn't really know what would happen because it's not like we said, Michael, interview Kirk or vice versa. We just kind of set up the call and let them go on their way. And I liked it because I felt like around the midpoint of this talk is when things got going and they were actually riffing ideas back and forth that we as you know, photographers and filmmakers Can like selfishly pluck ideas from. So I left the conversation, or left after I listened to the conversation, I left feeling very optimistic. um, I hope you do as well. So this was recorded in mid March 2020. Enjoy the chat.
1: Um, But yeah, so I guess, you know, I originally reached out to Cole um, with this. Essay which I sent to you, which will mm-hmm. uh, will include with the recording of this wherever it ends up living, um, because you know, and I'm sure you experienced this as well. But in, you know, in the events world, this hit us like three and a half, four weeks ago. Um, it's not like this is uh, new in the same way that it is for a lot of other businesses, retail, uh, restaurants, and you know that they've been sort of like losing a a a limb at a time (laughs) as opposed to just getting completely shut off. So, you know, we lost every single event that we had on the books for the whole year, all in a matter of four or five days. And um, so that was shocking, but then it was sort of like, okay, now we're through that. Now we need to make some decisions and, you know, and live in this reality until things change. Whereas, A good deal of my friends are um, in products or have restaurants or are in various other sort of like service industry places that um, that are, you know, pivoting and redirecting their forces and trying to keep their staff on and, you know, and trying to keep their their business thriving. And in some ways, like I you know, I almost envy it because I'm sitting around on my hands and I, I don't work good in that world. I would yeah, look, I know. I, I, Me neither. prefer to be like busting my knuckles and working 18 hours a day to try to save something. Instead, I'm just sitting there hopeful. Yeah. Um,
2: it's, but, it's weird.
1: But then the other side of that is like, you know, uh, restaurants seem to be the one I'm kind of a, pretty focused on because I have so many friends in food and beverage and, um, you know, their profits are razor thin and and you can't lose any portion of business and stay viable. No, um, no. And so looking at, you know, the the various ways that we could help or that we could lend a hand to our community um, and to be supportive. It, it, at first, it was just like, oh, OK, well, don't go to Whole Foods or or don't. You know, don't order anything from Amazon um, or don't go to the grocery store unless it's like, you know, absolutely essential. But definitely don't buy produce or meat or wine or dairy or anything else from those people. They'll be just fine because they're owned by gigantic corporations. Um, but let's yeah. try to let's try to do all of that shopping through mom and pop and through our friends. and Yeah. But then I started yeah. thinking about it in a bigger way. and wondering what the bigger part in it is, both looking back before this happened and, and looking to the future and thinking about ways we could all be a little bit more conscientious of the choices that we make when we spend money. And we're all guilty of, you know, price comparing and shopping at places that, uh, you know, that have a huge, huge inventory of items and it's definitely the more convenient and cheaper way of doing it, but, uh, but trying to think like, well, can we focus on, it's kind of like the no plastic bags thing or the no straws thing. And I think those movements are a little bit limited, but I, what I do like about what they've done is they've said, let's focus on one small thing that we can all do together and then that'll make a big impact. And, you know, if like, uh, you know, for me, somebody who really cares about music, like it's not even a decision. I wouldn't ever buy music from uh, a big box retailer. Uh, go buy it at a little record store. But like that, that's a small thing that everyone who loves music could do: is stop buying shit from iTunes and um, stop using Spotify to stream every single song you listen to and support the artist directly. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing. If you like books, don't buy them from Barnes and Noble or Amazon. Go to the local bookstore and buy them. You know, so th- it's like. The, everyone needs a small actionable step, I think. So that was kind of one that I was thinking of, but I just, you know, then I, I kind of gave this sort of pitch idea to Cole and he's like, dude, you need to talk to
2: her." <laughs> yeah. No, there's a lot of changes happening right now. Yeah. It's only been uh, 10 days and yeah. it's all, everything's different.
1: That's a lot to take in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready. Like, however you want to structure this. I, uh, my, my, most of my thinking has been around, uh, you know, how do photographers survive this. I, I haven't been thinking as much about the, you know, the rest of the world, but, um, but it's really important. Uh, it's a chance for us to like reevaluate our priorities. So yeah, it's interesting. There's a, a local, uh, like food produce or like a produce stand here called top banana. And it's like right across the street from a bigger grocery store. And, uh, Seattle's pretty locked down right now. You can't really, there's like not many people out. You can't really do much. Uh, but that place is full. Like there's a lot of people going there, which is great. Like the whole parking lot's full. Um, so that's been really good to see, but a lot of other businesses, I don't know how they're going to survive. I've, like you're saying, like their margins are so thin, um, especially in the restaurant industry where the cash flow is so huge, you know, like anything goes wrong and and that's it. Like uh, Tom Douglas, uh, was it Tom Douglas? I think it was Tom Douglas who closed 11 of his 13 restaurants already in Seattle. Wow. Um, and then converted, converted like Canless, which is, you know, one of the, Fanciest restaurants in the whole city into a burger drive-through. Like you can't, you can't eat at Canlis for under three hundred dollars, like per person. Sure. And they went to this like gourmet hamburger drive-through model. Like they're just trying to survive everybody. Yeah. Um. One but of yeah, the things, it's been really interesting.
1: One of the things about restaurants that are so essential and it. That- I know that maybe um, talking about how important restaurants are, it sounds a little tone deaf right now. I, I'm not sure if that's reading for everybody, but in America, restaurant workers make up more than 10% of the workforce here. And yeah. restaurants are employing as many people as manufacturing are. And yeah. even more than that, okay, so you know there are a lot of industries that employ a lot of people who are in hardship right now for certain. But the, I think one of the reasons why I'm so closely connected to the restaurant world is that almost everybody, and <laughs> I live in fucking Los Angeles, so this is definitely pointed mm-hmm. here, but almost everyone who works in a restaurant is a creative, is an artist of some sort. They make music or they're actors or they are writers. And, um, and so it's a double, it's a double hit because you take the income away from an artist who was doing their art purely for the sake of doing their art and then working a you know, a full-time job on the side to support themselves. That's going to really reduce the amount of wonderful opportunities we have in the world. And we're getting to a place the further and further we get into this sort of like freelance culture that we're, we're driving at now that, one of the few brilliant things that we have left to offer the world is our point of view and, and our creativity. And yeah. It's hard to replace. Yeah. It's impossible to replace. That's the one thing that the robots will never do. Right. <laughs> is make creative decisions. I hope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so just thinking about, you know, those, those ideas of like, you know, how could you, and, and maybe restaurants aren't your thing. Maybe you don't give a shit about food. You know, maybe there's a different thing that's really important to you. But in these times where these small businesses are flailing on the floor, you know, how could how could we add to it? So like, you know, for me, like I'm going to my friend's restaurants every day or two and, you know, buying produce boxes. A lot of them have pivoted to not selling takeout food or at least not complete meals, but they're. They're, they've made the decision to support their farmers because they live and die by their farmers anyway. So they've been buying produce in bulk in boxes and then boxing that up and giving you the raw ingredients to make their meals at home. And some of them are even wisely making little miniature cookbooks so you can learn how to cook a little bit better while you're doing it as well. Um, but maybe for others, it might be buying a gift card or... Maybe for others, it might be even just making donations. Uh, you know, not mm-hmm. everybody's in a position to do that. And I also wanted to kind of acknowledge the fact that, you know, what we're talking about here is coming from a, a place of privilege for, for certain. Like not everyone can just say, well, I'm not going to go shop at a grocery store. And, you know, who knows? maybe we can't either in a couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah. you know, but if you can, and if you have the wherewithal to do that, um, it, it makes a powerful uh, uh, statement for what's possible for the future. Because if you look at that as a model moving forward and think about the idea of spending your money and voting with your wallet um, for your, your small businesses in your community, those are the businesses that are flowering and going to make amazing things happen within the walls or parameters of your community. Whereas, you know, let's face it, the, you know, Ralph's grocery store and, you know, cheesecake factory are not, and those guys are going to do just fine. They're going to be there when this is over regardless. Um, Yeah. But I, I wanted to also just throw out this idea of, and maybe you have some ideas in, in thinking about this as well, because I know you run a bunch of businesses and think about marketing a lot, and um, uh, of different ways that we could help or different ways that we could support. And then I also was going to encourage Cole to turn on the comments wherever this um, podcast lives um, for all the listeners to add a little nugget of wisdom too, and maybe this could turn into some sort of like a little message board or some sort of little resource for people to come and say, Hey, I, you know, I have this idea or I saw somebody doing this or this seems to be working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Is there anything that you guys are doing to try to keep any revenue alive? Are you selling prints or are you like, are you, you know?
2: Well, we're, we're lucky. I mean, we sell, so we sell, you know, presets and filters, essentially, you know, for, for Lightroom and, and uh, capture one and all that. So it hasn't hit us yet as hard, because that's still something people can buy from home. And, and a lot of people are editing, you know, and they they need us still, which is great. But I think as weddings and all that, you know, are postponed for maybe a year, like everything in the photography industry is going to slow down, you know, including, including people that provide, uh, you know, tools and things. Um, but I've prepared the company for such an emergency, um, with reserves and things. So I think we'll be okay. And we've got a bunch of stuff we're making that we can make while things are messed up. You know, we can keep chugging along, but, uh, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about photographers though. Um, you know what they can do and I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know whether I want to be totally real with everybody or like paint, you know, paint rainbows and everything, but
1: shit, man, I don't think it could get any more real than what we're dealing with right now. i say go for it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Okay. So I'm not a working photographer anymore. Like I, I only do it for fun because I'm running mass and labs and that takes all my time and we have employees and all that. Um, but if I was a still just a wedding photographer, like that's, that was my main business. I would be trying to find ways to book clients into the future with some kind of like credit or discount system or something, you know, like you can't, you can't get people right now, but you could be like, you know, knock your prices down 20% or throw something in extra, like an album or something for people that are willing to book for like a year out, you know, so that you can start getting a deposit or something. Um,
1: I've also heard you know, of and, people and, taking a, a slightly less than 50% deposit just to make people feel a little bit safer or, um, yeah. acknowledging that the that the deposit, while not non-refundable, is definitely um, rebookable. So a lot of times, like for us, we would take a 50% deposit, you cancel, and then you're just out of the deposit. But now we're saying we're happy to reapply that to future dates in lieu of what's going on. So that's an idea.
2: Yes, totally. And I, I, I've i been seeing some people do that. the The thing they run into is so you've got two different couples and they both can't do their event because of coronavirus right now and they want to rebook. And you're like, cool, I'll, I'll let you rebook in the future. Then they both want the same date. Yeah. Um, it, it, it gets tricky to like, you know, sort that out, but I guess it would be just, you know, first come first serve. Um, the other things I've been seeing. So one thing that's really on my mind about this is that, in 2000 was it 2008 when we had the big recession yeah um out of that came a bunch of new companies and innovations uh such as like uber and like the whole gig gig economy kind of came out of that because you know everyone was kind of screwed and it was like how can i make some money and so that's where the gig economy kind of came out of and like the sharing economy a bunch of companies came out of that and What's interesting is that I'm already seeing 10 days in, I'm already seeing innovation in the photography world. I've seen two things so far. One is some startup I've never heard of called Suna, S-O-O-N-A. And the ads I see are basically like, we will do product photography for you right now. Um, Just send us your your object in a box. We will... uh, you know, photograph it for you. Send you the photos. We'll, we will live stream you into the shoot so you can art direct, and then we'll quarantine or we'll sanitize your product and ship it back to you. Brilliant. And they're offering, yeah, I've never heard of such a thing. So they're offering this as you know, this is a probably a photography studio or maybe a few studios who are completely shut down because people can't gather, and they've pivoted to being a product photography uh, system. Where they're using just modern technology to do product photography at a, at a much cheaper rate than what it normally costs to get a you know a crew together, I thought that was pretty cool yeah. um, and the second thing I saw, and I don't know I, I mean I see this more as a novelty, but it's still really clever is the idea of doing portraits porch trips <laughs> portraits <laughs> from a porch uh-huh. fa- family sessions like like socially distant distancing uh sessions where the photographer will just drive to the person's uh house uh help everybody get arranged in their doorway you know but not not near them but from the street and then do like a portrait session and then drive off and then deliver the photos and both of these concepts this product photography concept and this porch family session concept they didn't exist 10 days ago. Sure. Um, so I wish I had more answers for photographers, but I would say that, you know, uh, dire circumstances necessitate new ideas, you know, like um, necessity is the mother of invention. Uh, that That's a great saying like that. There's going to be all kinds of innovation in photography because of this crisis. And, you know, yeah, I don't know where it's going to come from, but it will. And we'll have it even after. So yeah. Yeah, a couple
1: couple other ones that um, I've bounced around with some friends here and I've heard, you know, people add to their sort of canon of things that they're doing is um, I mean of course there's gift cards and maybe making maybe making those gift cards really desirable. So if you're having an event anyway, you could buy, you know, a two thousand dollar gift certificate for your rental company for a thousand dollars, so just a, mm-hmm. some way to get some cash flow. Um, the other one was a, like a raffle type situation. So if you needed to get two thousand dollars, let's say you sell a two thousand dollar service or maybe a four thousand dollar service for the equivalent of two thousand dollars worth of raffle tickets. So you know twenty, ten, twenty hundred dollar raffle tickets, something along those lines. Where then you you know, you're you're getting revenue for future work um, because at this point, uh-huh. yeah, I think we're all kind of looking for something in the future to to point at. Nobody knows what that date's going to be, but you know, yeah, all obviously once this is over, everyone's going to be scrambling to rebook. So that's another one, um, which is you know, and this is a great thing to do anyway. Uh, regardless of what kind of circumstances it's under, is to spend a little bit of time um, connecting with your colleagues and connecting with the other vendors out there who you might think of as your competition, but I prefer the word collaborator. (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally. And just start working on a a referral fee thing. So, like, we've done this with our new venue because we have a brand-new venue that's not booked. And we were offering 50% off of our um, booking fee for 2020 anyway, just to get events in there for this year. And so now we have a space with a lot of availability um, that's already half price. So we just kind of reached hmm. out to other people in the industry and said, hey, you know, if something comes across your plate, I'm not asking you to, you know, give us anything that you could take yourself, obviously. If it, but if your date is blacked out, if you just email them and me together and say, "Hey, meet Michael. He's you know runs this place, and ends up booking," I'll send you five hundred bucks. So mm. it's a win-win, right? Like they get some passive income for doing something that's really just sending one email, and yeah. uh, and we could potentially gather up a whole gang of bookings once you know once the green light hits again, and um, and then really only pay out five hundred dollars per. I think that sounds like a really good deal as well. So. I think, yeah, I think it's time to get creative in those ways. And then I liked what you were saying before is like, you know, here we have all this downtime and, you know, a lot of the photographers that we know, especially ones who are shooting a lot of wedding stuff and, you know, and commercial stuff as well, have a ton of editing to do so they could get that done. But at a certain point that's going to dry up. So then what, you know, when can we start getting creative again? And, And when are people going to start putting out, you know the the work because after after destruction comes creation every time. And then, oh yeah. You know when are we going to see the the masterpieces, or when are we going to see your book, or when are we going to see um, the new you know re- record, or you know fill in the blank. Yeah. So like yeah, how, this how do we, this how will do we end. Make time, yeah. How do we make time now? <laughs> uh, in between dealing with the children and um, depression. Oh uh, yeah. And trolling Instagram to, to to make something cool that that you can you know be able to use as a tool to promote your business when this is all over. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, there's there's so much people can be doing with this forced isolation. Um, it's tricky though because it, I, there's something I've been thinking about lately is that is that we're all. It, there, there's a fine line like so we're all kind of on lockdown and immediately there's all these guides and things everywhere saying here are the 10 things you should do to your business while you can't go out and or, or now you need to you know get in shape or do that thing that you you know you need to do and I think that's good but also like I think people are looking for just a moment to just lick their wounds and not feel like they have to do anything. At least maybe not for a while, like for a week or two, (laughs) um, because it's so overwhelming, like, I don't know. It's just a thought I had. It's like, it's like, there's, it's not shaming exactly. It's just a lot of pressure. You know, a lot of people are like, like you're saying, like they're taking care of their kids at home now, um, and they're balancing work and they're like, maybe they're getting laid off or whatever, um it's like giving yourself space and grace and permission to just like, I don't know, uh, play video games all day or like gain five pounds or like, you know, sleep in yeah, at least for a little, a little bit. Um, uh, well, but I guess, but, I
1: guess I would add to that then, you know, is during that time, you know, that if that's the spirit that you're in and, uh, I wish I could get into that mode, but it's just not me. <laughs> but and it's uh, hard for me too. Um, if that's a spirit that you're in, and if it's not, at least let's just try to be a little bit conscientious about how we're spending our money and how we're spending our time. And if we can be supportive and helpful and collaborative with small um, yeah. business owners in any way, like just by asking at your local store for products that are produced here locally or you know, yes. if You're at a restaurant and there's a choice between French wine and wine that's made in you know, in Seattle in your case or California in my case, get to California, yeah. you know, and yeah like these are really simple, simple, reductive yes. things that really could go a long way between somebody yes thriving Sim- and their employees staying yeah. employed or bankruptcy.
2: Yeah. Like I yes, like start with simple, like I think we should all start with just one simple thing. And then as we like get used to this weird world we're in, like we can ramp that up to bigger things. Like, but I love that idea of like you're in a store and you see two different kinds of wine and you get the one that's local. Yeah. Um, I just did that with, um, hot sauce, just hot sauce. Right. Uh, I could either get like Tapatio hot sauce or I could get this Ballard one like made like in my neighborhood. And and it's like twice as much, but I'm like, yes, like I'm going to do this. Like there's, there's a family behind this hot sauce, you know, somewhere in this area and they need help right now. And it's very little effort on my part. You know, it's just like took a second to make that choice and it's not going to break the bank or anything. You know, it's like $3 more, but, um, it's worth it because I'm hoping that someone else in my area is going to do the same for me. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're going to support me. I don't know. It's kind of like that really, really old idea of like keeping money in the family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? Like, like, like if there's a way you can support your own family in some way, is that illegal? Is that cronyism? No. Or nepotism? <laughs> I don't know. But but anyway, like, Yeah, like if your if your brother or sister is a farmer, like go buy their stuff. Um, And it's kind of like that with your own community. Like if you can, you know, do something locally, it's totally worth it.
1: Well, and so I I would take it a a step further and say that at this point, um, while we may be making decisions on behalf of our family, on behalf of our business, on behalf of ourselves, we're also capable of creating new habits and this is True. one that i think could be so strong so for me i've been talking to my girls about what we're doing and how we're doing it and what where we're spending our money and and with whom and why and they know my friends who own restaurants we go there all the time so they they get it but i've also been talking a little like a little bit bigger about like you know a bigger restaurant or a fast food chain or a large chain grocery store is getting their food from all over the country, sometimes all over the world. Whereas our local neighborhood restaurants are getting their food from here in Los Angeles County. And food chain is a really big, big, big topic. But if you look at this as like just one little piece of the puzzle and think this way after the green light goes back on, after we go back to normal. And if even just for a few months, everyone said, Hey, I'm going to pause every time I feel the inclination to go to Amazon and order a bunch of shit, or I'm going to pause before I go buy a pair of Nikes or I buy a pair of Levi's or I'm going to pause before going to Disneyland or the gap or supporting another big box store. And instead I'm going to go to a small bookstore. I'm going to do something cool in my community. I'm going to pay 10 bucks to go to the, you know, botanical gardens. Yeah, I'm going to do these things locally. And I bet your life is actually going to get, cooler and more interesting and more fun. And you're really also, if you have children, you're showing them a new way to live, which is really important And this could have like a long lasting effect, you know, hopefully longer than the tale of coronavirus.
2: I think so. Yeah. Um, I've seen some, I've seen a few really good things coming out of this. Like I went to uh, the local park with my girlfriend and we're just walking around, and we just saw so many people out enjoying nature, like on a Friday at noon. Um, and even though people were staying away from each other, like uh, we we got into like four or five different conversations with different people, you know, even though we couldn't be near them. But it was just kind of like seeing each other for the first time, like the community actually having enough time out of the rat race to actually talk to each other and it was super interesting. We saw it like all around us. Like people were just, they had the space to actually get to know each other, the community. It was it was really interesting that it's it amazing. took, it took this to make that happen. Um, people were just craving it, you know, they're like, and, and what was also interesting was that social media wasn't enough. Like we need that face-to-face time. You know, we need to like be around other humans. Um, I think that's a good thing. It's a really good thing. I hope that persists. I hope I hope it does make people more conscious about their own community, you know, from what they buy to like just talking to each other, you know, like a stranger um, about anything, like about their dog, like anything. Hmm. It's been really cool. Um, yeah. Some good things will come out of this. I'm also hoping that our health system completely gets completely wiped out and rebuilt. That's just a little personal side note, but um if there's ever a time to like show how broken everything is, it's now. And again, I hate I hate that it's come to this. Like I hate that it's going to take a crisis, but that's one does. silver lining. Yes. It's one silver lining I see. I I don't and it's crazy. It's not a choice between like free markets and socialism. It's about like human lives and just li- surviving. Um I just really hope some good things come out of this. And that's one thing I hope for is that our health system is just completely torn down and burned and we just can start over. Um, That would be amazing to where we're not worried about like (laughs) basic stuff, basic stuff. I kept thinking like if, if we had a million people that had to go on ventilators or something, and it's like on an, you know, an average of thirty dollars to $40,000 in medical costs per person, people are going to lose their shit and they're going to burn this country down. You know, like we're not going to have a million people owe that much money to the medical system. It's just not going to work. It's going to break. Mm-hmm. It's going to absolutely break. And that, I hope we can we can rebuild it without, you know, without as much, without hardly any pain, hopefully. Um, that is something I look forward to. Um, I'm looking forward to the community parts of it. We get to know each other better, trying to find some silver linings. Um, one thing, one thing I'm looking forward to for photographers. So to get back to photographers again, and it's unfortunate that a crisis has to make this happen, but I think it's the ideal time for photographers to take their business as a business and take it seriously. And that they need to have contracts that have been reviewed and make sense. They need to, they need to understand the point of a deposit, you know, why, why they're getting one, what that means. They only have so many days to work. They need to know, you know, how their own business works, if they're making money or not. And also how to put money away. Like how to, you know, as you're, as you're building any bit and you know, this Michael, like you have a lot of businesses, like there's you know, you got to pay for your business, pay for yourself, pay taxes. And then there should be a little bit set aside for like a rainy day or like savings or a 401k or something, a small, it doesn't even matter how big it is, just something put $5 away every week. Um, because now I think everything's being tested. Like people that didn't have good contracts that can't keep their deposits or in dispute, that's just a mess. It's a mess for them. It's a mess for their customer. Um, photographers who never really kept track of what their profit was on anything yeah it's a mess for, it's a mess for them right now um, and all of that can be avoided in the future so I hope I hope that this is a wake-up call for photographers to spend time on that part of their business which is really not fun it's not art it's not sexy but it's really good to get it squared away um, yeah maybe one of the companies that comes out of this whole thing, is some kind of online service for helping photographers get their contracts in order, Mm -hmm. you know, and their basic business stuff in order in an easy way. I know for anyone listening to this, like start that. (laughs) Yeah. So when we have Corona part two, it won't be as bad.
1: (laughs) Um, well it will happen again. I'll leave with one closing note as well, which is, um, I think it's important to, if you're an established um, brand or service provider, you've been around for a while and maybe you forgot some of the um, why in what you do or you forgot how you got there, start looking back at the beginning of your business and the hustle that you had then and how you would say yes to everything and how you would um, bargain and deal and work with anyone you possibly could just to make enough money to you know make yourself smile because you were just so thrilled to be making anything. And then as time goes by and you get more and more inquiries and you feel like you're really the shit in your industry, you raise your prices and you stop giving great customer service. Obviously not everyone, but we're all guilty of that a little bit, just like we're all guilty of hitting Amazon the first time we need a pair of socks. So, you know, think about that early stage and then look around in your community for other people who are struggling just like you or going through the same things. And try to offer up a little bit of help. Try to offer up a collaboration. Try to work on a creative project together. Even if you're just seeding it, even if you're just in the beginning stages of, you know, what if we did this? Okay, cool. Let's lay out every single thing we could possibly do so that when this shit's over, we can drop it. And we're, we're going to be ready to reap the rewards from it. Or maybe, totally. Or maybe this, to your earlier point, maybe this is a time that you're not in, that interested in focusing on your business. But we're all creative beings, right? So make something interesting. Do something you've never done before. Try out new tools. Sing a song. Pick up a guitar. Do something. Cause I, I, I think that we're all going to see an outpouring of, of creative verve when this is all over. And I, I want to see what you're all are up to.
2: Yes, absolutely. And it'll make it'll make your art better to like try different things and, and reincorporate it back into it you know even if it's like yeah like music or drawing or anything i think mean, that's great um you know it's like it's like a forest a forest it's a very sad thing when there's a forest fire and a forest is completely burned down to the ground but that is what makes it grow back even stronger in the future it 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 creates space for all of these small younger stronger plants to grow and it's it's terrible and it's tragic and it's, it's awful, but at the same time, every time that we've ever experienced a major crisis, you know, like any, a world war, um, you know, I don't know, previous things, the Spanish flu, whatever, every time we've come out of that as a society or at the world in general, stronger and more innovative and smarter. And it's not going to be any different this time. We just have to like help each other get through this and this will end. It's not an endless tunnel. It might end hopefully soon. I mean, I don't know what soon means, but maybe by the summertime, hopefully, maybe by fall. Um, And we can all come out, you know, happy and doing new cool things that we've been incubating. It could be a good, exciting time.
1: Can't think of a better place to leave it than right there, man. It's, uh, it's good to hear your voice, and and maybe um, this will encourage other people to hear each other's voices a little bit more than just texting. Thanks for doing this with me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Totally. My pleasure.
1: Um, where can people find you on the Internet?
2: Uh, so I, I run, uh, well, I'm one of the people here at Maston Labs, uh, so mastinlabs.com, and we make film emulation uh, presets and styles, so like presets for Lightroom and styles for Capture One, and yeah, we love film and we love helping photographers, so we're all about their success. So you can find us there at mastinlabs.com
1: or on Facebook,
2: Maston Labs right Community.
1: Right yep. on, Kirk. Stay strong, buddy. Hope to hear from you soon.
2: Yes. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All
1: right, bud. Talk soon.
0: Mm-hmm.